caffeine, also known as guaranine and methyltheobromine, is one of the most widely, or perhaps the most widely used psychoactive drug in the world. People use it to feel and perform better and often say that they experience improvements in alertness, focus and mood. But what does the science say about the effectiveness of caffeine as a cognitive enhancer? Well, that is what we are going to look into today. Uh, So let's dive straight into it. We analyzed data from seven placebo-controlled studies on the effects of caffeine in healthy humans and summarized the results here. So there was, according to a large, relatively large amount of evidence, a small positive effect from caffeine on physical performance. And then there were some very, very small, so minute positive effects on memory problem-solving energy and focus, according to a relatively large amount of evidence. Moving on to the risks of caffeine, uh, you should of course always consider the risks of a nootropic before you use it. Uh, So the following negative side effects were seen amongst the 278 participants that we analyzed data from. So less than 1% experienced hand tremor, which is uh, an involuntary rhythmic muscle contraction, nausea, somnolescence, which is sleepiness, hypervigilance, fatigue, agitation, disturbance, inattention, dry eyes, abnormal vision, and feeling hot. As regards interactions, there are some interactions between caffeine and other drugs or supplements. So if you are going to combine it with any other drugs or supplements, talk with your trusted medical professional before you experiment with caffeine. Caffeine is legal to buy, possess and use in the United States, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom and in Sweden. It is also not banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency. As regards the dose frequency and duration of use, caffeine has only been studied in healthy human placebo-controlled studies for its acute cognitive benefits. So during the same day of use is what has been found uh, to be effective. So only the very short-term effects of caffeine have been found to be beneficial for cognitive performance. And the doses that were used were 30 milligram doses, 75 milligram doses, 150 milligram doses, 170 milligram doses, 200 milligram doses, 231 milligram doses, and 600 milligram doses. And 30 milligram doses and 600 milligram doses are probably too small and too large, respectively, uh, leading to no benefits or a whole host of negative side effects, uh, depending on if you're using too little or too much. Moving on to some frequently asked questions about caffeine. The first one is, how do I maximize the nootropic benefits of caffeine? And considering that the uh, cognitive benefits of caffeine have only been found in studies that have examined its very short-term effects 
and considering the fact that it takes 14 days usually around that time and varies depending on the person but usually around 14 days to reset a caffeine tolerance considering these facts a dose of 100 to 400 milligrams of caffeine once every two weeks is likely going to result in optimal cognitive enhancement effects. The next question is, what do nootropics researchers say about caffeine as a cognitive enhancer? And Stephen Rudenreis, who has a PhD in cognitive psychology and is a nootropics researcher, commented that The evidence on the whole suggests that caffeine is indeed an effective cognitive enhancer. Specifically, he says that it can improve alertness, concentration, and learning, but that one should be aware of tolerance, addiction, and other risks such as anxiety. A dose of at least 100 milligrams appears to be required for caffeine consumption to result in cognitive enhancement, according to Rudenreis. Andrew Scully, who is another nootropics researcher, has a PhD in psychopharmacology, and he said that he thinks that caffeine is effective and that dose and tolerance are important factors that influence how caffeine will affect your mental performance. So caffeine appears effective for certain aspects of cognitive enhancement, such as improving alertness, concentration and learning, according to these nootropics researchers. And it is very important that you consider what dose you use and what your tolerance is. That is uh, very important to which effects you are going to get from caffeine. So how fast do you build a tolerance to caffeine? Well, a certain degree of tolerance builds up already after the first dose of caffeine. After the first day of caffeine use, you'll likely need more of it to get the same effect as you had the previous day. It was found in one study that the physical performance enhancement effects of 200 milligrams of caffeine persist but are progressively lessened during the first three weeks of daily use. Another study found that the benefits of caffeine for physical performance enhancement were completely gone after four weeks of daily use. The effects of caffeine are best when you have no tolerance to it, but it takes several weeks for caffeine tolerance to develop fully. As regards tolerance to the cognitive and affective effects, so the uh, mood-related effects of caffeine, the strongest science available suggests that you do build a tolerance to the mood benefits and to the improved reaction time performance that caffeine results in when used by people without a tolerance. However, it was also found that caffeine, quote, improved selective attention and memory in both the abstained and normal caffeine states. This means that even if you have tolerance to caffeine, there may be some cognitive benefits to using it, but likely no mood improvements. Some studies have found that mood and reaction time decrease to impair baseline performance after prolonged daily use of caffeine. This effect is likely reversible if you quit caffeine to reset your tolerance. So, on the whole, there's no good evidence suggesting any long-term cognitive benefits from daily use of caffeine. 
but it can likely have benefits if used very deliberately and uh, for a specific pers uh, purpose during a specific day uh, with long breaks in between to reset tolerance. The next question is how fast do you get back to baseline when quitting caffeine? And this depends on the individual person and situation. Factors like genes, the dose of caffeine, duration of caffeine use, and lifestyle such as uh, nutrition, exercise, and sleep all play a role in how long it will take before your body has fully reset its tolerance to caffeine. In general, it takes at least 10 days before a caffeine tolerance is fully reset and your uh, ready to go and fresh as if you had never consumed caffeine uh, for your next caffeine dose. And if you have been using a lot of caffeine for a long time, it is likely better to slowly reduce your caffeine intake each day to avoid the negative side effects that can occur from abrupt abstinence. Next question is, what can I replace caffeine with? And there are many promising but relatively under-researched caffeine alternatives that preliminary evidence suggests boost mood, memory, focus, and energy. Here are some of the most science-backed ones. So methylibrine, theocrine, theophylline, and theobromine. These are all stimulating compounds that may improve mood, alertness, and concentration similarly to caffeine. Next question is, how can I consume more caffeine? Well, caffeine is present in high amounts in cocoa, coffee, yerba mate, black tea, and green tea. The next question is, what substances stack well with caffeine? Well, caffeine is often a part of a nootropics user's stack, which is a combination of several substances that may work synergistically in the brain to enhance cognitive performance. And the classic caffeine and L-theanine stack, which many people have reported that they get a good focus from with no nervousness, as contrasted with caffeine alone, contains 100 milligrams of caffeine and 200 milligrams of L-theanine. If you never combined two nootropics into a stack before, this is a good beginner stack for you, with a high probability of positive effects with a low risk for negative side effects. You may already have used nootropic stacks with caffeine in them without knowing. And here's a quote from uh, Andrew Scully when he was on the Neutralized podcast uh, to elucidate what I mean by saying that you have likely used nootropic stacks with caffeine without knowing. What's really interesting about how we normally ingest caffeine is that it's ingested with vasodilators. So if you look at caffeine in tea, tea contains catechines, which we know increase blood flow. If you look at caffeine in coffee, coffee contains these things called chlorogenic acids, which again, increase blood flow. Humans tend to ingest caffeine in a form which not only have you got caffeine in there, but also there are these substances which oppose the reduction in blood flow. That's very interesting. We tend to consume caffeine with vasodilators, which then increase 
blood flow uh, generally in the body but also uh, to the brain if i recall uh, how andrew scully put it on the neutralized podcast correctly which then would uh, prevent the reduction in cognitive performance which one might expect from a reduction in cerebral blood flow so blood flow to the brain since that is a crucial factor that determines a person's cognitive performance at any given point in time. Okay, moving on to the next question. How does caffeine work in the brain? Well, it blocks adenosine receptors, which reduces fatigue through a slowdown catecholamine decrease in the brain. Catecholamines are generally stimulating neurotransmitters that decrease in concentration in the brain throughout the day. The next question is, is caffeine neuroprotective? And the fact is that caffeine has been found neuroprotective, so protecting neuronal cells against certain neurodegenerative disorders in humans. Specifically, it is beneficial for patients with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. It has also been found neuroprotective in several animal studies. The neuroprotective effects of caffeine probably depend on what the factor that is damaging neurons in the brain is. For example, lack of oxygen or dangerously high glutamate levels in the brain can lead to increased neuronal death. While caffeine may be protective in many instances, it is likely not going to protect you from anything that you might expose your brain to. The next question is, what time of day should you take caffeine? Well, caffeine is known to promote wakefulness and alertness and directly blocks one of the body's own sleep-drive chemicals, which is known as adenosine, from binding to its receptors and exerting its effects. So caffeine has a half-life of between 1.5 and 9.5 hours and usually between 2.5 and 4.5 hours. It varies by individual. And this means it takes several hours before your body has gotten rid of half of the caffeine you ingested. Caffeine can objectively impair your sleep if used too soon before going to bed, meaning that you won't necessarily feel the negative effects caffeine has on your sleep. So we therefore recommend that you do not use caffeine before bedtime, preferably not even at all during the afternoon. If you can, use caffeine only in the morning or at least not after lunch to avoid its negative effects on sleep. And that is it for this review of caffeine.